Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here with another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I have a great guest with me today. I think you're going to really enjoy speaking to him uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, we've already covered everything from generational wealth and uh, the cool productivity to uh, you know his newest drop funnels, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. But I have Jordan Mederek with me today. Jordan is uh, an investor, uh, had three exits. I'd like to learn a little bit more about that, Jordan, as well. And uh, I guess Jordo, uh, you prefer to be called, so I like that. And uh, of course, you're writing a new book, which I asked about. It's in the process of being Google docked. We'll speak a little bit about that, as well as you're you know, a great content creator. You've done your award-winning filmmaker with films on Netflix, ABC, NBC, CBS, etc., which is uh, very intriguing and compelling. You also talk about something, the, the 3 in 10 rule, I think it is, uh, to scale. I'm interested in hearing about that. So I guess without further ado, thank you, Jorda. Thanks for being on the, the podcast with me today. My pleasure. I've, I've seen your, your stuff for years now and always looked up to it, so I appreciate it. Uh, you have me on. I'm excited. Well, thank you. Very, very kind of you. You know, obviously, we spoke for a few minutes beforehand, and uh, I loved your attitude right out of the gate. I've been a beta user of ClickFunnels for a long, long time, and uh, you know, a friend of of Russell, and have watched him do amazing things with that. And yet, right out of the gate, you said, "Hey, look, you know, we're really not competitors to a lot of these guys, and you have full respect for them." And I was like, "Ah, just so love to hear that. I love to hear entrepreneurs thinking more abundantly rather than we're always in competition with one one another, and we have to drag each other down." So you do say something about drop funnels that I think is very interesting. And that is that it's kind of the no-tech funnel builder. I wonder if you could elaborate a little bit on that. And also, you know, why'd you enter the space? Because it has gotten a little bit crowded, if you know what I mean. It is the reddest of red oceans. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really long story short, and again, um, you know, from the outside, people see competitors as like butting heads all the time. And right. it's like, in most cases, especially ours, it's nothing but respect. I've been, a, I was a very staunch ClickFunnels user for a long time and I've used Kartra and, and whatnot, but really where DropFunnels came from was I realized that there's a gap in the space that that nobody was really serving. Hmm. Um, because, you know, back in the day we were building WordPress sites. WordPress yeah. powers 34% of the internet, um, very powerful, fast, scalable, and it solves 80 to 90% of the indexing issues that that Google will face by default, just wow. by default. So you're two to three times more likely to get ranked content on WordPress than anywhere else. Right. And then ClickFunnels came around and like revolutionized the space. And Russell's a complete genius marketer and, you know, has really changed the marketing space in general. And they came out with the psychology. But for me, who's kind of a, a tech nerd a little bit, I found that page load times were an issue. The domain structure was a little bit of an issue. And at the, at the time, six years ago, I mean, it was like, years ahead. And now that technology has caught up at this point today, it's critical that you have domain reputation. It's yeah. critical you have fast pages under three seconds um, and that you're ranking in Google so that you can actually get free lead sales. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Right. So I, I realized we were always building on WordPress, but it's technical. You have to have servers and updates and plugins and tech and good luck. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. And then there's all these funnel builders out there that have the psychology, but not the tech. 
So I'm like, why don't I just bring these two things together? And that's what was born to drop funnels. And so we launched it to 50 beta users in January 28th of 2020, right before the COVID hit. Nice. And actually we grew by 10.4 X last year. We'll probably triple this year, probably triple the next year based on our projections. I mean, we're very specifically focusing on the type of entrepreneur who's more long-term. You know, a lot of the funnel builders, like it's great to get a concept up quickly, but what a lot of top marketers will do is they'll get the concept up, split test it to make sure the design converts, then immediately move it into a a custom coded platform or WordPress, eliminate that step. So you can put your authority site, your blog, all of your sales funnels, your courses into one infrastructure. Um, and it's half the cost of pretty much all the other guys. Wow. And uh, actually, so now your sales funnels for the first time ever can rank in Google. I mean, imagine imagine that saying how to write a book and Rob's sales funnel comes up yeah. in Google on the first page. I would like that. Yeah. I mean, we all would, right? <laughs> so now it's finally possible, but without having to deal with the old school, hard tech or technicians and having yeah. programmers and all that and really to grow over time is the beauty of SEO. It's like the more, the more time you stay on a domain, the higher it can rank, you feed it with content. And we just see businesses start to explode. And they're like, where are these buyers come from? I can't even track it. Well, it's because you're not tracking Google. They're coming in for free. It's organic traffic. So we're really excited to see how technology advances and how we can stay on top of it. Love that. So, so there's an element of WordPress ishness to it, right? Where, you know, I, I've obviously noticed the same thing and I've seen, you know, I, I know a lot of the guys that have been using various funnel builders for a long, long time. And, I, and it was certainly very intuitive of Russell to kind of tackle this problem early on because, you know, we want to test new things. We want to try new funnels out. And it just it was so expensive to continue to have developers to build all of these things out on something that may never really work or convert for you. And so ClickFunnels came along, which really solved that problem. But things like load times and SEO are things that, you know, those of us that have longstanding businesses are, are interested in. So I totally get that. Could you talk a little bit about this whole no tech part, if you will? What do you mean by that, first of all? Yeah. So generally speaking, if you're going to use like a ClickFunnels style builder, there's also no tech there, right? Um, but in that sense, it's it's hard coded onto an infrastructure called Ruby on Rails. And that's a tech infrastructure that a lot of systems build on top of. But the world's fastest and best really pretty objectively, and it's also the most popular, is a WordPress-based right. infrastructure. True. Because it's it's open source. It's very scalable. It's very customizable. You can never outgrow it. And with that, it becomes, you can add anything you can imagine really into it. But with that, when you go the WordPress route, you're saying, okay, I want fast pages. I want all that customization. I want to make it anything I can imagine. It's going to require technicians and servers and you got to find a good host and you can't just go find some cheapo host and and hope that it's going to work well. And you better know code uh, in order to do that. And every time you update your servers or you update your plugins, like things crash and break. And anyone who's who's here listening to this and you've been on a WordPress site or you have a blog, you're like shaking your head. Yes, I've been through that. I've crashed my site. None of these. So I've eliminated all of that. And we have a very robust WordPress based infrastructure where you come in and it just works right away. You don't do plugins. You don't add anything to it. You can add your autoresponder or things that you might need, um, but everything is just completely built in. In 30 seconds, you're you're up and running with the tech platform. Everything's completely drag and drop. Uh, but now that you're on WordPress and without the tech, you can get moving very quickly. 
and really start to grow. So it's almost like house on a rock versus house on the sand. You want the rock, but the rock takes a lot of drilling and it's very expensive. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, we're just going to build the house for you. So now you're much more stable. Very cool. Very cool. Maybe we can broaden it for just a second. Like you have three exits. Are you a tech entrepreneur? Is that why you took this on? Or like, you know what? I've seen all of these problems, but I'm like, I don't want to mess with any it's, of it, man. It's exact. It, that's, you are the exact reason why I drop on those. It's like, I want it so bad, but it's like, oh, I just don't want to handle it. You know? Exactly. So, yeah, it's, that's, it is that perspective. Um, but yeah, I am like the least qualified person to own a tech company. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I don't come from technical backgrounds. I have developed some other software, but really just to solve my own problem, really. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what entrepreneurs do. We, yeah. I love this phrase that goes that the entrepreneurs change the world and the government regulates it, right? So yeah. I think that entrepreneurs really do. We can change the world. We can make anything we can imagine. We say We go to the future and we say, I want that version of the world to exist. And then I bring it back to the present and start to make that a reality. Right. And so for me, it was solving my own problems. I was always building on WordPress and always yeah. doing those things. And, and I was like, man, why? I just want to launch anytime I want a new business in a day. Can I launch a business in a day? And what used to take me six months, I can have up running literally in a day. Yeah. And so with that, it was solving my own problem, honestly, to get sales funnels up quickly, get infrastructures up quickly, real domain mapping so you can rank, you can have domain authority, web of trust scores, your Facebook ads, actually they tend to drop in your your CPMs will drop like almost immediately, usually 30 to 40% Whoa. Um, because it's a real domain. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, wow. <laughs> well, that's the first initial thing that people see, but it's all these things. It's, it's not like, hey, I broke my arm and need a cast. And that's the one thing. It's like, they're the small hinges that swing big doors. Mm, so yeah. each one of these things, depending on really what matters to you, I mean, you get all of it, but depending on what matters to you, you just focus on where on where you really want to focus. If you really want a lot of organic traffic, you focus on SEO. Yeah. If you're running a lot of paid advertising, that's great. Your CPMs are going to drop by being optimized, fast pages, much more robust domain architecture, and generally cleaner code. Like yeah. the code really matters. So to answer your question, no, I'm only technical enough to be dangerous, but I'm not a developer. <laughs> and I just, I realized this is what I want. Let's go do it. And we'll build our parachute on the way down. Love it. Love it. From our few moments of conversation, it seemed as though, I mean, it doesn't mean you didn't have a technical background, but it seemed as though you looked at things in a very kind of entrepreneurial and also how can things be better? Because you talked about things like generational wealth. You talked about productivity. These are very self-improvement slash entrepreneurial ideas. Talk to me a little bit, if you could, about the secret seven, because that kind of intrigued me. And that, of course, is what you're writing your book about. You're not writing to funnel builders in that, right? You're writing to people that want to improve themselves. Talk to me about what, like, what are the secret seven in general? Yeah, great question. And actually, you're the first person to ever both ask about this or, but also for me to ever tell publicly. So no one has ever heard that I'm working on it. Good, (laughs) good. I'm looking forward to hearing it, to reading the book. Yeah. So it's, uh, what I kind of, what I found is that, you know, my business and my family life are just so intertwined. I realized cause I've gone down the route. And when I say that I did start and exit three companies, each one of those exits was an example, like, great, you exit, you get some cash or whatever, and you're moving on to the next thing from the outside. It sounds really sexy and delicious and, and whatever, but it was really an escape for me. Right. Yeah. It really was. It's like, I've been taught I think the hustle culture, the flex culture teaches us you need to work 16 hour days. You need to hustle higher. You need to hit these benchmarks. You need to compare yourself to other people and 
get yourself a Lambo end of the day and people will buy your course. And I'm, I just, it's so outside of alignment with my soul and my, my vision. And it's like, man, you can build a, a legitimate business and not give up your family and not give up your health and be in alignment and authentic to who you want to be without being scammy or cheesy or weird. Right. I've done the icky thing before. Right. And I, we're all growing, we're all improving. And I think that all of us start in a spot where we think, Oh, that's what I have to do to be successful. Maybe I'll be that person for a bit. And then you realize it's really gross. It's not. And I think the people who suffer most are our families. So I started diving deep into like the, the productivity practices of some of the most, some of the wealthiest cultures in history. And there's a lot of examples of of really wealthy cultures and whatnot. But what struck me as interesting, Rob, is that specifically in the Hebrew culture, in Eastern viewpoints, there's a completely vastly different view on what productivity actually means. And how do we build multi-generational wealth? How do we pass along to our families what really matters? And how do we work less and gain more? And so I've been wrapping my mind around this, retraining my brain from Mm. not from Hey, I'm going to go to high school, go to college, get the job flight, you know, jump out of the nest, go do my own thing. And then my kids do the same thing. And then their kids do the same thing. It's the equivalent to starting a stock portfolio and then selling it all and starting over in your lifetime and then selling it and starting over instead of compounding that, that wealth. Like we look at that and go, that's lunacy. That's dumb. Why would you do that? In the same, we're doing the same thing with our own businesses, with our, with our lifestyles, Versus the Eastern viewpoint is very much about building multi-generational wealth. They hone in and focus on their kids to carry on the legacy. Right. Specifically in in, uh, Hebrew cultures, that's very critical to them. And some of the, like the Rothschilds and the Jeff Bezos and the Mark Zuckerbergs, they're, they're all from that lineage. And so... I found that, man, there's like this backbone infrastructure, just like drop funnels with having the backbone of WordPress and it being very strong. These Eastern viewpoints have a viewpoint of building wealth over time, not flash pan results. Yeah. And they focus heavily on family and on what matters and honoring their those who came above. I mean, I can't even name my great, great grandfather. Right. I mean, that's a Western viewpoint. It's a broken mindset. Hmm. Like, whereas they honor them, they know what they started and parents stay with the kids when they become of old age and then their kids take care of them. It's this completely separate view and the wealth and the results of that is just huge. I mean, your family grows. So long story short, I've been writing this this book called The Secret Seven, which is based on this productivity of of, uh, effectively sevens. So for me, I only work uh, it's really like sixes and sevens. It's the concept and and you can read in it in, in scripture as well. So there's this recurring model of working six and resting the seventh. Hmm. So I started practicing with this and I, I found, wow, this is actually like, this is actually working. Like I'm, I have a rapidly growing company and a family. I've got a four week old baby. I mean, we we're clearly busy. Yeah. How on earth am I supposed to balance this? So instead of slamming work and hoping there's time in the evening, I really only work for the sixes. I work the sixes and rest the seventh. So six hours a day, six days a week. Um, and then there's time for family after that. I work six weeks. And then I take a seventh week off for a vision week and realign around that. And this model of like, actually, even I have it right here. This, uh, this is a little bit of my beta kind of productivity practice in there that you only ever have six hours of things to do. It's four sprints of 90 minutes. It aligns with the Pomodoro technique. If people are familiar with that. Yeah. 
And it's like, you find these consistencies that, wow, you just define the rules for your life, the containers that you want to work in. And around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I just go play with my kids for the rest of the day. And it's just a decision to make. Anyone can do that. But we have to break our mindset that the flex hustle culture, Western viewpoint is the way to go. And instead wrap our mind around containers and rules and when you can contact me and when you cannot contact me yeah. and what matters to us and, and realigning around our values. So that's what I think is important. Well, I love it. How do I say this? You got to finish the book because it's a big idea that will catch it's on. Really big. It's yeah, no, that'll catch on. You know, I talk to people all the time who've been writing a book for five years, 10 years, 20 years. So, so forgive me if I'm assuming that you'll continue forever on this path, but that it's a big idea. I mean, what, what you're sharing is a really different and unique way to communicate, you know, having a whole life and having value. I mean, I, we talk about various things on this podcast, but, you know, oftentimes we find our way around to life and what having a real rich and wealthy life is about. And, you know, I'm not a kid. I mean, my kids are out of the house. I'm an older guy for the internet marketing uh, world, if you know what I mean. And uh, often I buy everything and often I'm, I'm purchasing something or I'm on a, a strategy session call and I have to let them know right up front, look, I'm not looking to scale to a hundred million a year. I don't need any of that stuff. I live on the water. I have, you know, I got my motorcycle, an exotic car. I got, I've been married for 30 years. Like my life is rich. I want to keep my life rich and it's not going to get richer by me working harder and scaling my business. So I have to let people know right away that I'm not interested in the, in the flex stuff, as you put it. But I think that's a really big idea that you have. And I, I congratulate congratulate you for, for looking at it in a different way. I like that whole six thing. Although I, I don't think I want to work six days a week though. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you dive into it, you know, for me, I really, it's really like, uh, like the sixth day is more like house chores, that kind of yeah. stuff for me, like stuff around the house I might do or whatever. There you go. Um, I'm working on honing it in to be fairly universal so anyone can do it. Cause some people might be in one business six days a week, and that's actually less than what they're normally doing yeah. so that it could help them there. But for other people who they're like, hey, I only work three days a week. Cool. Well, you can do other things those other days, whether one day is a give back day or one right. is a, a house type of day. It's, 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 it's this concept of production, yeah. like sowing and then reaping. Yeah. But more specifically, the most critical thing of that is not about working six days. It's about having an intentional and contained rest day where yeah. you literally don't no contact with clients can anyone on your team your computer's off and you are literally there to refresh and feed your soul that day you know yeah. so that's the most critical thing is that one day and the rest you just find what works best for you yeah love it well you're clearly a spiritual person because you've you know mentioned a number of different times you know about the scriptures and obviously this entire kind of idea comes from having a day of rest, having a Sabbath uh, rest, etc. And I think we see threads like that through the scriptures. This is a little off topic, but in one sense, it's not because we talk about everything. But so what's your background when it comes to your spiritual beliefs and convictions? And, and has that changed as you've grown and, you know, maybe looked at some of these things in your life? 
You might be one of the best interviewers I've been on. One of the best podcasts. These <laughs> well, are such you. good questions. I mean, <laughs> I'm just I interested love in about it. This stuff, you know, it's like we don't need to talk about Facebook pixels every single time. Oh like, gosh, we can that's talk horrible. about like who wants that? that matter, you know. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you asking that. Yeah, and I think generally, I never project or portray that anyone has to believe any specific thing. You know, for me, my dad's a pastor. He actually currently is. And with that, I think I learned a lot of a lot of family values and whatnot. But I think every person, you need to make decisions for yourself and what's in alignment with you. And I think that that just like the entrepreneurial journey, your spiritual journey never ends either. Right. You never really arrive. Right. And for me, I wouldn't consider myself religious at all. Like not like religious in the kind of sense where it's like almost pharisaical. I'm very much like I just have a relationship with Jesus and what I believe and what, but again, I think for me, I'm always building in relationship with him and something bigger than myself. So even if people decide not to subscribe to any type of spiritual belief or religious text or any of those, anything historically, you frankly are going to struggle, potentially fail if you don't think bigger than yourself. Yeah. And I think spiritual, the spiritual aspect, so many people are spiritually starving. Yeah. Like they're miserable. They're so unhappy. And in the same way, like when people say, Hey, we're going to help you get to X, Y, Z goal. I don't need that. That doesn't like, I don't want money's going to come and go. Entrepreneurs yeah. know how to print money, right? Yeah. What I want is my time and I want my balance and I want to feel like I'm making a mark on the world. And the money's like, cool. It's a tool. It's like, yeah. if you hand me a bag of hammers and they're like, Hey, we're going to give you more hammers. Okay, great. What am I going to do with more hammers? You know, <laughs> Build more houses. I don't know. And I generally don't talk about this stuff either. So we're revealing all kinds of stuff here is that I just think that everyone has to make their own choice as to how you feed your spirit, because it's very much part of our, yeah. of our DNA and who we are as human beings. And when you do that and you think bigger in whatever you decide to believe, you start to see that what you do starts to matter more and it impacts people greater. And your business actually does grow faster yeah. and with a lot more fun than the alternative. So that's for me. I hope that answers the question, at least moderately. Yeah, it does. I mean, the other half of that is um, you obviously grew up with a you know spiritual foundation with your dad you know, being a pastor, but how has it changed or morphed or has it very much but i imagine you it certainly hasn't in, in the ways where you even shared about your exits you know it, it's sexy oftentimes you know from the outside looking in but from the inside looking out it could be an escape and so mm -hmm. i imagine with various escapes with various elements ups and downs in business you have some of your convictions maybe have grown or even shrunk regarding your your spiritual world? It's maybe not a good question, maybe not phrased in the right way. I guess I just want to know what the journey is and, and what's changed applying all of this stuff to your entrepreneurial life. I'm deep in this actually right now. And it's probably why this is, you know, all even coming to the surfaces is that I just find that, as I've mentioned, alignment is just so critical and defining what life you want. If you don't do it, you're going to one day wake up with a life that you hate. Mm. And I think the version of, for most people is very reactive, very, very reactive. Like this thing happens to me. How do I respond? So we can train ourselves how to respond to it yep. versus if we can proactively make a plan and rules for our life and what we want to do. And why are you even in business? Yeah. Why do you even want money? What is that going to do for you? Right. What are you going to do to impact the world? I think one of the most impactful things for me is this, is a concept of giving. And I've, I, I love the visual of that 
you know, you can't give with your hand or you can't earn more with your hands closed, right? It's only you can accept more with your hands open. Right. And so this concept of giving and we've grown to a team of 20 people all over the, the world and it's blown my mind. And that's not without its problems and challenges to make me have to up-level myself. You know, yeah. you that's why 82% or whatever of of lottery winners, when they hit it big, they're broke within two years or in more debt than before. They aren't the person who can have that, the ability to have that. So I think it's like we've got this f- like multi-pronged approach about our finances, our family, or, or maybe our spiritual life, our time. And it's like all these things are starting to grow in its own way. It's its own branch of the tree. Wherever you, where the focus goes, the growth flows. You know, So if you're going to focus a lot of money, the f- money's going to go up, but you could be completely sacrificing your family time or right. your spiritual life or or whatever, or you focus on family entirely and you take three months off, your business could <laughs> tremendously suffer. Right. You know, so so for me, I don't pretend to have all the answers I don't. And even to the point where I, I think it's I have to like give the disclaimer like I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a life coach. Um, <laughs> Thank God. I would say that <laughs> we have I'm, enough I'm of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a perpetual journey of of finding what matters to you and pursuing that and trying to, I would really encourage everyone to think, to think bigger and more holistically. Yeah. It's really easy to fall into the trap of like, I just want more money and that will solve so many things. Yeah. And then you get it and you realize this does nothing for me. It's fun to buy toys. Like toys sure. are fun. Cool things are cool. I treated myself at a one, one benchmark. Uh, I got a Tesla X and it's the sexiest car. It's so fun. It's so yeah. fast. And yeah. But it doesn't make me any different. If it comes or goes or burns or crashes or whatever, or if I have it for a long time, I it's great. It's yeah. a fun thing while I'm here, but you can't take it with you. And generally it's just stuff and stuff will come and go. So yeah. I think if we open up our visions about how entrepreneurs can impact the world, we'll impact it more. Yeah, I think we could... Ease, look at Elon Musk, a perfect example of how you can radically create an impossible vision and make it inevitable that he's going to put someone on Mars. Like it's guaranteed. The government's not going to do it's it. It's amazing. It's incredible. Like yeah. electric cars everywhere. He even said himself, he's like, I don't even know if this is going to work. <laughs> he thought it would fail. Look at him now, just absolutely taking the world by storm. It's like, we need to give ourselves permission to think that big, to dream the impossible look into the future and bring it to the present. Yeah. So I, that's what everything I'm doing, even diving into a crazy red ocean of mass competitors. I think, okay, I have a vision for how things can be better and how I can serve people better at a higher level. And I think I can outserve the competition. Mm. I think I can beat the competition, not by pricing or like certain features or whatever. I can outserve them. Mm. And I know that. I can outsupport them. I can, I can beat. You know, it's all friendly competition anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know I can do better, and I think people always want better, right? And so yeah. we create that version, and eventually you realize, wow, I can create anything I want, and you define what the future looks like. Yeah. I think it's powerful. Yeah, love that. Great idea, and the idea of outserving your competition—that's very cool. That could be a great book title, by the way. Yeah, we should we should write that down. We should put that. <laughs> we should do that together. We'll joint write a book. That? that sounds good. So tell me, change gears for just a moment. Why movies? Uh, <laughs> like, it was that a passion of yours? You know, mm-hmm. uh, growing up, did you just you know? I really feel like I have this story that needs to be told. Obviously, you did very very well with it. I don't know if it's a path that you're you continue to be on and you're still creating. But why did you do that? And what was the benefit for you in doing that? 
Yeah. Before I was a marketer, I was a filmmaker. And okay. so I was making commercials. I worked at a local TV station in, in Branson, Missouri, and went to college for some of those things as well. And I love the idea of, I love the concept, Rob, of like creating something and then like throwing it out to the world and seeing how people react. Mm. I was also, it's kind of, not many people know this either, but I was actually a magician, like an illusionist growing up. And so no I traveled the country and do like corporate shows and that kind of thing. And there was something incredible about putting on an experience for people to give them some experience and seeing what happens. And every new show was a different test. It was, if I do this and play this song, they react this way and that's predictable. And if I change it a little bit, they react this way. And I like that better. Okay. I'm going to change it. And that carries directly into marketing. So your split tests are the exact same way. Yeah. Creating a, a film is a perfect example of that. It took me three years to create my first film is called church of felons. And it's about a, like the life after addiction. It's on Amazon prime. And, yeah. I saw and, it. And not as well. You saw the film. I didn't watch it. I saw it. it uh, oh, it's on. Where, yeah. Yeah. I saw it on Amazon. I'm like, okay, this, this looks really intriguing. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a documentary about that. And really it's almost like, I think probably what you face with authors, like people don't want, some people don't want to be an author. They want to have a book. Yeah. Right? Yes. I didn't want to be a filmmaker. I wanted a movie for that. So I learned the skills, bought the gear, did everything that was required, the leading indicators to produce the end result and pursued that. And then someone found me online of the the commercials I was making. They brought me in and hired me. It was like life changing for me because it it's like, what is an opt-in page? What is a sales page? What what is a funnel? What are you for two years I didn't know what they were selling and I was making all their videos. It's like <laughs> That's awesome. What is happening here? And then one day it clicked for me. And it's like, wow, once you go and you see that light, you'll never go back. Right. Because you can literally invent anything you want within the confines of direct response marketing and change people's lives. You can literally invent reality for people. And all the way back to when I was a kid, you know, doing shows for magic shows for for people or whatever, or growing up with the, the film, it was like this version of I'm going to create something. I'm going to craft it. It's a hypothesis. I'm going to throw it out to the world. What happens when I do that? How do they react? How does it change them? Some people saw that film and they hated my guts. I got like death threats from no you know, kidding. just because Whoa. of their, yeah, because of a, uh, but large majority of people, they're like, well, this is life changing. We put seven people into addiction recovery centers from that. So I would say that was not a profitable venture by any stretch, but it was a, a vision and the goal really wasn't to make money. I, I wanted to to do something bigger. But yeah, for now, to answer your question, I'm pretty much like I have a video team now. We've got marketing teams now. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of out of that from, from that perspective. But I think it's important that people learn the skills to be able to delegate better. I think this is a tangent, but like if you want people to create good videos for you, you need to know what you want. And I think learning how to make videos is going to help you delegate those tasks to people better. Yeah. I think if you want people to design pages, you should learn some design. You should learn some tech. You should learn leadership skills. You should learn copywriting because when you do, the people that work for you, they're never going to be like more than 80 or 90% of what you can do yeah. generally, especially if you're training them up from scratch. So from that end, learn the hard skills. It's not that they're hard, but like the tactical yeah. skills required and you're going to become far more powerful in telling people exactly what you want to bring your vision to life. Love and I that. think that's the ultimate leverage. Love that. Now, you may not be doing any more movies, but you're clearly creating a lot of content still. I mean, here we are. We're on a podcast. I know you've appeared on a lot of other podcasts. You said you have your own video team. And, and of course, you're writing a book, although the book may not 
be a direct, you know, it may may not directly benefit drop funnels, but certainly it will benefit your own authority and credibility. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, I always like to hear kind of what the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast, or at least part of it is, you know, you've created all this content and different things and you've made an impact on people, which all creators want to do, but also you want that to make an impact for you. You want to receive a benefit, make money, make a difference, et cetera. Talk to me a little bit about about that. Like what has your content creation done for your image, your authority, your lead generation, all of those things? I would say everyone needs to find the modality or the voice, the channel that they want to go after and really hone in on that. So I love video. That's like my main thing. I have always loved video. Yeah. So really the writing the book is a foray into can this channel work for me, right? To test it. Like I always want to know, could I do that? And to challenge myself in that way. But I would say for anyone listening or watching to this, it's when you put out content, you reveal who you are. And there have been multiple cases of people who have gone from Hey, I see that Jordan guy. Who is he? What is he doing? And they'll see me like putting on it, doing a show and I've got my kid in my arm or whatever. And they're like, yeah. why would he do that? Like everyone else is doing the Lambro thing and he's over here. Like <laughs> well, there's something different. And so while when you create content, you will attract people to you who are like you and want to be like you or align with your values. Totally. I think more importantly, it rejects the people who don't want to be that. And I've gone down the hole, as, as I mentioned about, just for the sake of sales or growth of a company or whatever, just taking anybody, right? And not really filtering out the people I don't want to be around. Yeah, I'm way happier putting out content that draws people in that are good, just good people, the type yeah. of person I want to hang out with. And I think if I couldn't sit down around a fire with you, I don't really want to work with you because it's right. an even tighter marriage. So as it relates to content, I think the it won't necessarily be a marketing-driven book for sure, but it'll be more of like a lifestyle book and and I really carry in business and life so so closely that it's almost like one thing, yeah. right? And so in that, in an ancillary way, I would expect that more of that drawing people into my world, into my tribe, into my you know marketing family through showing them how to think differently and think bigger and define for themselves what they really want. Honestly, the tactics, the strategies, they all come and go. You can launch one thing and it'll work or it might not work. And there's no consequence one way or the other, but like who you are is always going to be there, you know? So for that, I say, set your foundation strong and then build everything else on top of that. But I'm sure you could help me come up with some, some good ideas in terms of how to connect the two (laughs) in the market. Well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's not difficult to follow in the footsteps of those that are successful in front of you and Russell Brunson, uh, you know, and how he built click funnels primarily with his free plus shipping funnels his ongoing challenge, et cetera. So having a book and and or other types of content that leads to, you know, a sale of drop funnels, et cetera, would be cool. But I love your passion. I don't think you should stop writing the current book that you're doing to write your your drop funnels book, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Maybe mm-hmm. you can do both at the same time. But I certainly love what you're doing. I love the idea of the secret seven. I love the the concept. I look forward to reading it. So uh, maybe uh, tell us uh, where's the best place for people to learn a little bit more about Jordo, look at drop funnels, et cetera. And uh, let's, let's give them some links, you know, best place to maybe start. 
Yeah, sure. So we're actually in the middle of a reinvention right now where, you know, we, we have a software drop funnel. So you can come in as of the point of this recording, you can just come in and get yourself set up. Yeah. We found that people are far more successful. Say it's like free plus shipping funnels or whatever, when we actually set it up. So we're going to be moving in that direction. We're, we're actually launching a new thing called the, the drop funnels partner program. That will be literally you come in, we're just going to set it up for you. Like you're going to get moving much quicker and so we're moving from being software as a service into just being a service where, Interesting. where we can help you get going. A totally new model. Will um, that be for is, everybody or is that upgraded thing? So believe it or not, and without revealing uh, too much, because we haven't even <laughs> launched yeah, yeah. it, uh, but I can certainly tell you it's all going to be included. Wow. So incredible. Um, I've, I've got incredible teams and I found, and this is probably a topic for another podcast, but I looked at the stats of people who do it themselves and just struggle sometimes with a few small things or like, how do I price myself? How do I attack the market? How do I get clear in my offer, my message, my mark? How do I do those things? And I found that I don't really want to leave people to their own devices. I'm, right. I'm saying like, if I can get you up and running, you're going to win faster. And with that, that's how we outserve the market. Smart. Is by, by getting you set up quick within 30 days, authority site, if it's a book funnel or whatever, completely set up connections, automations, domains, authority, blog, course structure, all of that. And we're like, we can do that so fast. Yeah. Learn it. We'll do it. And then go get out there and do what you really do. So nice. that's where we're headed. But as of the point of like right now, people can still go in. There's a free trial. They can yeah. dive in and get that going. Dropfunnels.com. Um, that's right. Dropfunnels.com. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and so we're excited for, for the future. Dude, it's great. Super great talking to you. I really enjoyed it. I loved the meandering uh, path of our conversation. I hope you did as well. (laughs) I certainly love business and I love uh, the technical part of business. I've I've embraced my inner nerd, but those are not the things that uh, make a life rich. Not really. So, uh, So thanks for taking some time. Thanks for kind of opening your heart up and sharing those things. I think people will We'll really uh, love it and uh, we'll want to learn a little bit more about drop funnels. I know I do. It's my pleasure. I'm rooting for you from a distance, if not up close, and just really excited to see where where the market goes from here. And we're hoping to be the uh, right on the forefront there. So I'm deeply thankful for you having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, brother.